Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to a mini-episode of Cinematic Universe, the podcast that's all about comic book movies, which you can now find at cinematicmultiverse.com. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and I'll be bringing you a truncated version of the show to bridge the gap between our Ghost World and Man of Steel episodes. On today's show, I'll give you my reactions to the comics that Seven James recommended on last week's podcast. Those were Essex County and Sleepwalk and Other Stories. But before any of that, let's take a look at some of the comic book movie news that has broken over the past week. And we'll start off with the very sad news. It looks like we won't be getting a Gambit movie this year. So either Fox have finally decided that they really can't make that ambitious release date, or that in the wake of Deadpool's success, they'd really like to retool the film and bring it more tonally in line with their smash hit, because it has been removed from the schedule and no release date announced as of yet. However, this news does come accompanied with news that Fox has announced two new release dates for their Marvel movies, which are in October 2017 and October 2018. So, what could those be? Well, the first obvious choice is that Gambit has actually moved to one of those, but Fox haven't committed to saying that yet. One of them could be Deadpool 2, or there's X-Force and New Mutants that we still know about. Um, I'm going to hazard a guess that neither of these are an X-Men Apocalypse sequel, given that there is already a July 2018 date that Fox has um, carved out that would make sense as a X-Men Apocalypse sequel date. One thing's for sure, though, none of these are Fantastic Four 2. Over to Netflix now, and the Defenders lineup is finally complete after the casting of Finn Jones as Danny Rand, aka Iron Fist. The British actor will be best known for his role as Loris Terrell in Game of Thrones, and he is expected to appear in Luke Cage before starring in his own series. Now, there's been a lot of controversy online over the decision not to reimagine this character as Asian American. And I'll admit to being part of that, being disappointed that they haven't made that decision and also kind of a bit underwhelmed by the particular casting choice that they have made. Now, having said that, this was probably always going to be a lose-lose decision for Marvel, whoever they cast. And it seems like they do have a pretty good track record up to this point. So hopefully Finn Jones will turn up to be great and we'll all forget about this a year from now. 
Staying with Netflix, the Electra half of the Daredevil trailer premiered online, and it seems to set the character up as, at least to begin with, an unlikely ally of Daredevil. Um, she comes with news that Daredevil has contributed to the Yakuza, or as we find out later in the trailer, the Hand, being poised to take a stranglehold on New York crime. So it sounds like there is going to be a lot of Matt Murdock grappling this season with whether or not what he's done has been a success. Um, it's still too dark in the trailer to really make out the specifics of the costume and whether there are multiple versions of the costume. But one thing that was very clear is that Daredevil will be upgrading his mask at some point to one that doesn't have eye holes. So it immediately looks a lot cooler and the entire costume is better as a result. Uh, to the big screen now, and while X-Men Origins Wolverine was, let's be honest, a complete disaster... If they manage to salvage Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool from that film and turn that character into a box office behemoth, then who says that Fox can't mine that film for more future mutant fun? Because there are currently rumours linking Liev Schreiber's Sabretooth with a return to the franchise in the upcoming Wolverine 3. And honestly, I think that sounds like a great idea, considering that... The opening half hour of X-Men Origins Wolverine, which focuses on the relationship between Wolverine and Sabretooth and contrast the two brothers, was pretty much the best stuff that that film had to offer. So, I'm going to put it out there, cautiously optimistic about the idea of an old man Sabretooth in Wolverine 3. And finally, we'll do a brief casting roundup now. Uh, the League star Katie Azelton has joined the cast of Legion, Sons of Anarchy's Tommy Flanagan has joined Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and NBC's DC sitcom Powerless seems to be moving ahead faster than ABC's Marvel sitcom Damage Control because it's done some casting this week. Now, this is the sitcom set in the DC Films universe, or one of them, whichever they want to pick, um, but is about characters without powers who work in an insurance company. And so far they have cast Vanessa Hudgens, Alan Tudyk, Danny Pudi and Christina Kirk, which looks like a pretty fantastic sitcom cast to me. So looking forward to that one. Okay, let's move on now to discussing this week's comic book recommendations. Um, and I think we'll start off with James's recommendation, which was Sleepwalk and Other Stories. Um, this was uh, a collection of the first four issues of Optic Nerve by Adrian Tamin, um, and is, I think, a collection of 16 different short stories throughout the the kind of four issues that are collected together here. Um, all of varying length, Um so you can go from kind of something that's maybe 10, 12 pages long into maybe something that's half that length. Um, and then I thought, oh, this is the, these are the shorter stories, the ones that last maybe two to four pages. Except then sometimes there's some that just literally are one page and done. Um, and I was doing a little bit of reading into um, Adrian Samin, which uh, was basically just his Wikipedia page, if I'm honest. And... Um, <laughs> It sounds like the, the other recommendation that um, James was toying with giving me was Summer Blonde, which I think looks like the four issues that followed this up um, and were all just single stories per issue. 
Um, whereas this, like I say, is 16, 16 little stories set across four issues. Um, and I would, I would say I got a sense of fleeting satisfaction from these stories. Um, I, I kind of enjoyed them all as I was reading them. I found them all interesting. Samin kind of paints characters very well in a very short space of time. Um, and they seem to be, they're, they're all stories that are kind of focused on one particular character. Um, there is a sense of melancholy to most of the stories. The shorter ones seem to be kind of punctuated with like abrupt tragedy, whereas the longer ones kind of simmer in this kind of depressive state. But yeah, I say fleeting satisfaction because like I'm, I'm finding myself even having only read these earlier today trying to like remember specific stories like I everything kind of merged into one some of the shorter ones actually stuck with me a lot more um just because they're they're almost just like bang one thing and and gone um but I'll I'll go through a few of them and kind of uh give you an idea of the the kind of stories that Adrian Tamin is telling here um, and and this does feel like a a great tonal fit for um, Ghost World, which was the movie that this recommendation spun off from. Um, so Sleepwalk is the story about this guy who is split up with his girlfriend, and she calls him on his birthday to spend time with him, and he kind of thinks that they might be getting back together, but it turns out she was just wanting them to be friends, and that in fact this kind of hope of reconciliation that the character has during the course of the short story is actually a more abrupt underlining of their relationship ending than the relationship ending in the first place, because this is a sign that, no, it is definitely gone. That that idea, that hope that they can never reconcile um, is, is gone by the end of this. Um, and it's punctuated by him crashing his car and being kind of left in the road waiting for a tow truck to get him in the middle of the night um and it's uh, it's just a real real sad kind of empty feeling that you that you finish that kind of 12 page story with um that goes into um there's there's a story called Echo Avenue which is about a couple who see another couple having sex in um a, an open window um facing their apartment um, and they're kind of watching that going on. And then the woman leaves the room to make a drink and then hears her husband from the other room going, oh, shit. And then she comes back in and is like, what happened? And he's like, no, stay away from the window. Don't look. And so there's a sense that something either very graphic or very horrific has happened at the other side. But the comic, the, the story just after four pages ends there. Um, there's a very short two-page story called Long Distance um, about a girl who is kind of feeling guilted into having phone sex with her boyfriend and that she she kind of feels like she should because her boyfriend has made it clear that it's like he, that he, he you know, he, he could go off and call a phone sex line but it's, it's that he wants to do it with her. Um, except for her, she she can't relax and get into it, and she she kind of just emptily fulfills it. Um, 
there is a, st- a, a one-page, four-panel story called Drop in which a character trips and falls into a canyon. <laughs> like I say, the shorter stories tending to be a little bit more tragic and abrupt. There's another one um, from elsewhere where a character shouts at a guy that nearly runs him over and then the guy gets out of the car, beats him up and asks him to bite down on a curb. And that is really, really unpleasant. Um, one called Lunch Break, um, about a woman eating her lunch in a car and flashing back and remembering when she was younger, having lunch in her car with a partner and then returning to the present day and just being wordless and alone. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think that, that gives a sense of, of what some of these stories are like. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that I particularly liked. Oh, there is a, there is a long, a slightly one of the longer stories called Dylan and Donovan, which is about two sisters, um, growing up who kind of are isolated and, uh, they're twin sisters and they, they don't have many friends, but they have quite a close relationship um except it it takes one of the sisters reading her sister's diary to realize that their relationship is nowhere near as close as she thought it was and they kind of have a strained relationship with their father as well um and another story called supermarket which was i mean some of these stories kind of feel like there is that underlying sense of melancholy through them all whereas um supermarket is a story that kind of feels quite uplifting for the majority of it it's about a blind guy who goes into a shop and gets the help of a young girl who works there to help him buy his stuff and it seems like they have quite a sweet relationship and um, a nice connection except on the very last page you see the girl walking down the street with um, either a friend or a boyfriend and kind of sees the blind guy walking towards her and pauses her conversation um, so that he won't know that she's there and then waits until she passes and then says to her boyfriend, wait, I'll explain in a second. But the final panel is entirely black with I'll explain in a second in it and so you get the impression that the guy has heard her there and knows what she said. And it's this kind of really sad, tragic moment that kind of just completely undermines that relationship, which maybe he thought was something more than it was. And in in fact, it's just a girl being polite and doing her job. Um so yeah, that, that I think that kind of gives gives a sense of the kind of stories across these four issues. Um, this is uh, black and white, like the uh, like the comic that um, that Seb recommended that I'll be getting to shortly. Um, but this is, I would say, a much a much more traditional kind of comic style. Any anyway, there is this slight deviation between the different stories. Um, in in the way that Tamin draws them. Um, but yeah, I would say this is something that I kind of, I enjoyed. It, it kind of, it, like, I felt like they were well-drawn stories of characters who were introduced very quickly, but very, very quickly established. And you got an idea of who they were and what they were feeling and why they were feeling it. It just didn't stay with me. 
And I think maybe I'm, I'd be saying that less if I didn't have the other recommendation to come on to, um, Essex County, which I'll explain in a second, kind of, I, I, I had, for, for a lot of reasons, stuck with me a lot more, and I felt kind of completely immersed in the world of that comic, whereas this was just flitting between these different stories. Um, I mean, I would, I would still recommend this. It was something that I enjoyed reading. It's just, it's going to be slightly, slightly in the shadow of Seb's recommendation, which was, as mentioned before, Essex County. Um, and now this comes from Jeff Lemire. Um, as Seb explained last week, this is a big old 500 page thing. Um, but actually it didn't feel like too much of a burden to read. And now sometimes, you know, like I'll be recommended on the show to read, um, six X-Men comics or something like that. And I remember when James recommended me the X-Men crossover from like X-Force and New Mutants and, um, Uncanny X-Men and whatever. And they just felt like they took a real long time to read because they were, they were quite, like there's just so much so much packed onto every page whereas this felt like a real leisurely stroll through it's not hugely dialogue heavy there is um the 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 panels can be quite big and sparse and so it's just a case of taking in an image rather than reading loads of descriptions of panels and I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Stuff like that. Um, and I didn't, I, I, it, it was almost like there was, there was time to luxuriate in the artwork rather than try and take in all of this stuff that was on every page because the the artwork here which is kind of it is again black and white feels a lot more sketchy than traditional traditional kind of comic book drawing um and yeah like i say you can just feel like you can kind of wallow and relax and stroll through this comic um now so this is about um the the kind of 
three, four, three main interconnecting stories. So I think there's three kind of books that have been collected and a little bit of additional stuff at the end. Um, the second book is kind of split into three parts and is the longest. Um, so the first one's called Tales from the Farm. The second one is called Ghost Stories. And the third one is called The Country Nurse. Um, and they kind of all weave together um, with the loose connection, uh, at least to begin with, uh, being that these are all about people from Essex County. Um, but the connections between the characters become clearer as you go through. Um, and so the first the first story is about a young kid called Lester, who kind of is... Um, he he kind of dreams daydreams about being a superhero. He wears a little mask and a cape and runs around in those. Um and he lives with his uncle on a farm in Essex County because his mother has died. Um he doesn't know his father, um and so he's been sent to live with his uncle. And Lester doesn't really talk a lot to his uncle. They kind of have a strange relationship. Um, but Lester forms a relationship with a guy called Jimmy who works at the local gas station um, after Lester goes into into the gas station to buy a Flash comic and Jimmy doesn't charge him for it um, and kind of briefly talks comics with him. Um, and so Lester then starts spending a lot more time with Jimmy, plays with him down at the creek and... Um, doesn't tell his uncle about it, um, and that kind of kind of comes to a head with the the relationship between Lester and his uncle kind of fracturing, and his uncle trying to figure out why he's acting in such a way. Um, and yeah, I don't want to give away kind of broad strokes of the like reveals of this comic because. Um, I, I think there are things that throughout all of the all of the big three stories and the way that all this connects, it really it really is a benefit to come across these fresh. And I really would recommend anyone listening to this reading um, Essex County. Um, but so yeah, is it, it's fair to say that there is there is some kind of resolution in Leicester kind of being caught between these two parental figures um d- during during this story um and it's just it it's a real it's a really fascinating theme that is set up going through this is the idea of again there is kind of a sadness and a melancholy to all of the characters here um and really the pervading theme throughout the the whole thing is loneliness and you have these lonely characters who feel intensely lonely and kind of seem to be suffering from from that loneliness but a lot of the time that loneliness is self-imposed like lester has a guy that wants to look out for him and wants to look after him in his uncle but spurns him and he does that because he's a kid um and because he's lost his mum and he's in a difficult situation um but he kind of doesn't choose the healthy choices and it's it's something that becomes clear as you go through the rest of them that, that there are a lot of characters involved 
in and around Essex County and that kind of extends to Lester's uncle and it extends to Jimmy in the gas station um, and certainly applies to the characters in the second story um, and and it's this it's this idea of the the loneliness being self-imposed and suffering for that loneliness and and it kind of in in their heads in these characters heads it kind of has to be this way except you know you you you're observing it from a step back and going oh god you've got everything you need right there but it's it's a it's a, you know it's been kept at arm's length um and so the the second issue is about two characters um or mainly one um two LaBeouf brothers um and so they are Vince and Lou LaBeouf um, Lou is the character who we're kind of following and we're following him in the present day as an old man who is alone and kind of remembering his life and reflecting on it. Um, and so Vince and his younger brother Lou um, both played ice hockey and ice hockey is another thing that kind of uh, is running through all of these stories. Um, there's a quote, in fact, in between the second and the third books that says, um, hockey captures the essence of Canadian experience in the new world. In a land so inescapably and inhospitably cold, hockey is the chance of life and an affirmation that despite the deathly chill of winter, we are alive. Um, and so, weirdly, hockey is a thing that continuously brings characters together throughout these three stories. Um in, in, in sport, in fact, uh, because there is a short story as well about boxing towards the end. Um, and it's kind of the events that transpire away from the hockey that drive the characters apart. But the moments that we do get them together are usually characters watching or playing hockey. Um, and so Vince and Lou, uh, the flashbacks are to Toronto in 1951, uh, where the, the two characters are playing hockey together on a minor league team. Um, and finding some success and this being clearly presented as like the happiest period in these characters lives um when they're together when they have this relationship when they're playing hockey um except um an event occurs that drives the brothers apart and Lou ends up kind of putting himself in exile he wants to eventually return to Essex County like his brother Vince, um, his brother is able to get married, start a family, and because of the event, Lou spurns the opportunity all of that and kind of lives in this isolated existence in Toronto for 25 years without seeing his brother during that time. And it's only a funeral that eventually brings him back 25 years later. And we see that Vince is, so we see that Lou is slowly going deaf over the years as well. And that's kind of driving him more into this isolated existence. Um, and he's he's basically surviving on memories. And, you know, he, there is this, you know, you can tell that he really, really loves and admires his brother. But because of what he did, he can't be around him anymore. And there's there's such a sadness to that, and like I said, that idea that this self-imposed loneliness um, being being something that's crucial, and it's it's really quietly affecting 
Um, you know, as this transpires over, you know, long periods of time, both kind of chronologically in these characters' lives, but also over these kind of 500 pages of the comic, it's something that really, that really, really seeps in as you're reading it. And I, I just found myself absolutely engrossed. I ended up reading this in basically one sitting because I just couldn't put it down. Um, and I think the the middle story, the the big long three part story of Vince and Lou, was the one that I enjoyed the most. Um, and it becomes all the more enriching when you see the ways that it weaves into the other stories. Um, there's a there's a sense as well of kind of history repeating itself throughout some of these stories. There are there are images that. Uh, remind you of other images and there are events that remind you of other events um and um i just i just found myself loving so many of these different characters and wanting them to be able to figure out their problems and kind of reunite with each other or reach some kind of understanding with each other and and that's that's kind of kept at arm's length. There are some uplifting moments. There are some wonderful kind of uplifting moments, even in that middle story of Lou and Vince of kind of um, certain times where they've been able to be happy or certain times where these characters have, have, have managed to at least address their problems or acknowledge their problems. Um but yeah, the, the so move on now to the to the third main story, which is um, called the Country Nurse, and this is about a woman who is we've met her already in the second story, looking after the old Lou, um, and she is kind of she's in in Essex County, kind of the nurse who travels around and helps different people out. We see her going to visit Jimmy. We see her going to visit Lou. Um, but there also flashes back to a character that looks a lot like her um, back in, I think, 1917 in, um, in um, an orphanage near Essex County. Um, and that kind of history, that's kind of like a history lesson in Essex County, which, again, helps to tie these stories together. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I've, tr- I've tried to avoid some of the biggest plot beats here because i really do think that this that, that this is a comic that you should go and read i really really enjoyed it like it is an early contender for my uh comic of the year i loved the artwork loved the characters loved the story and the themes and um i kind of want to read it all again and see see what i missed and and just see how certain events seem through the lens of knowing the kind of story revelations that come that come later through um and i think it ultimately i think a lot of it ties back to lester and his uncle but at the same time it seems to it seems to just be it seems to tie into lester because he is the youngest character and kind of the character with the most of his future ahead of him in present day Essex County. And so it's almost like all of these events that have happened before are kind of feeding into the situation that he's in now and perhaps the hope he has for the future. And I do, I do get the sense that maybe if, 
if this is slightly autobiographical from Jeff Lemire, and I haven't done much reading around this other than what Seb said last week, um, I would have to assume that the Lester character um, is 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 the one who's maybe a little bit more autobiographical than the others, um, but that's just a guess. Um, so yeah, I, I would hugely recommend this one. Um, there are also a couple of like short stories that are tagged onto the end, which in kind of like the bonus material bits, Jeff Lemire explains were originally going to be woven into book three a little bit more until it kind of the decision was to have book three focus a little bit more on Lester than and on the characters we've met before and tying all that together than it originally was um but there's uh a nice story about a boxing club in the in Essex County um and then um, a really short story called The Sad and Lonely Life of Eddie Elephant Ears, um, which is kind of structured differently to most of the other stuff in 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 the collection, um, but possibly has the most uplifting ending of any of them. Um, well, the most the most joyous moment I thought it's a very it's a very sweet little little story at the end. Um, and it would I I would have been interested to see how Jeff Lemire would have woven them into the larger story. They do kind of feel a little bit redundant in regards to the main story of Essex County now that they've been taken out and separated. I I kind of felt like I could have put the whole thing down after finishing book three, but. Like I say, there was there was some nice moments in there at the end, so it was nice to read. It just didn't feel um, totally essential. Um, so yeah, so that was Essex County and Sleepwalk and other stories. Um, like I say, I kind of enjoyed both, but Essex County definitely the one that stuck with me and uh, would definitely be the one that I'd say, yeah, go out and read that straight away. But both fantastic recommendations with regards to um, Ghost World. That kind of melancholic slightly detached um big big on themes of loneliness um and isolation and yeah uh really great recommendations based on ghost world and i guess i will probably try and get around to reading ghost world at some point and if i do i'll definitely report back on that on a future minisode um but that is it for this week uh, don't forget that next week's episode, again, we'll be shifting gears entirely to discuss Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. Um, if you're enjoying the show, then please do subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, or your podcast app of choice. And uh, you can also support us by backing us over at patreon.com forward slash cinematic universe. You can find more episodes of Cinematic Universe on cinematicmultiverse.com. You can get in touch via Facebook, on Twitter, at CU underscore podcast, or send us an email to cinematicuniversepod at gmail.com. See you next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.